Hey there, everyone. Welcome to the show. It is Denise. You are watching Speak Now Pro Wrestling here on FRW Online. And it is officially here, the last and final episode of AEW Dynamite for the year of 2022. And we've been here through it all the entire year, each and every single week. And we're ending it here tonight, everyone. Man, um, I got to tell you, I thought today's episode of AEW Dynamite New Year Smash completely flew by. I looked at the clock at probably maybe like 6.30ish, somewhere around there. I looked up and I'm like, oh man, we only got half hour left on this show. And at this point, you know, we were still, uh, you know, needing uh, the to finish out the women's match. I think I looked during the commercial and then we still needed the uh, main event, obviously. So I'm looking at the show and I'm like, damn, things are really flying by. I felt that for the most part, we had a very interesting ending to the show where I feel like it's going to give us quite a bit to talk about because I'm feeling a little bit, uh, you know, a, you know, a little surprised at how things turned out. And we will talk about that um, more once we actually get to the main event. But for the most part, I thought there was a lot of good in-ring stuff that we got here today. The crowd was definitely, you know, hyped up and whatnot. It felt like a, uh, it felt like a finale. It felt like the end of a year. And I like that, you know, but let's get into this guys. Uh, we are going to recap the show in a chronological format because it just makes things so much easier for me um but please uh take part in the chat if you are new here if you're a regular uh whatever your situation is please make sure to take part in the comments section i do pull out people's uh thoughts and comments as we uh you know, take part in the show. On top of that, if you do want to help support this podcast, please do. Please send in a super chat at any point. If you do send in a super chat, you will get your questions, your comments, and your statements read here on this show. And they really do just help me out and carry me forward. Uh, but here we go. We got our first super chat of the day. And this is from Joe Babs 64, who says, from the one true king of television to the queen of podcasting. Happy New Year, Denise. Thank you so much for this lovely and generous uh, super chat and kind of getting me started on a good mood. I love it. Uh, thank you so much to Joe Babs 64 I appreciate it, man. Um, all right. So we got a lot of people saying that this was a pretty uh, damn good show, but let's get into it, everyone. Uh, we're going to kick things off with Ethan Page versus Brian Danielson. So here's the thing about this one here. So first and foremost, um, I am going to say, like, I thought this match was so much better than I had anticipated and it's not really that I thought this match was going to be bad or anything like that no I just I don't think I was necessarily like really looking forward to it I would definitely say that it exceeded my expectations but in reality like we're always getting constant good stuff from Brian Danielson so I don't even know like there's no surprise here whatsoever uh the crowd was really really into this match and i think that uh you can definitely tell that danielson and page they really um they really fed off of that crowd energy and more so um you know matches like this are expected for danielson but lately you know we've been talking about ethan page and you know he's been in aw you know for quite a bit now and for quite a for quite a while uh you know we weren't really seeing him go out there and really do all that he's capable of and and in this match here with Brian Danielson, I feel like we really actually got to see Ethan Page, you know, really shine. Like, you, you know, if you've seen us work in Impact Wrestling, then you know what Ethan Page has to offer. But you haven't gotten to see so much of that on AEW. While you have gotten shades here and there, like his match with uh, Ricky Starks, that was really good. Um, I feel like this match here was probably one of my favorites that Ethan Page has had in AEW, like thus far, because I can't think of another one that I really liked much more than this. So I'm going with this one here. Uh, and with that being said, I feel like if we want, because if you guys remember when it was the finals between Ethan Page and Ricky Starks, the people, man, they were so behind Ricky Starks because he felt like the guy and he had given you something to root for. He gave you something to, you know, care about and get behind of. And we didn't necessarily have that just yet from Ethan Page. So with that being said, I do think that if Ethan Page goes out there and keeps having matches where he's showcasing everything that he can do, just like he did out here with Brian Daniels 
Johnson, I feel like, you know, the people could get, you know, behind Ethan Page maybe just a little bit more. I just feel a little bit more interested in um, what he's going out there and doing on AEW. So I thought this one was pretty good. We need to see more matches like this for Ethan Page, especially if they want to, uh, you know, keep seeing him grow and keep seeing him level up on the AEW roster because there's a lot of competition, man, especially like with the young guys. Like there's so many guys that, you know, are on the precipice of really just, you know, blossoming. And, you know, you don't want to miss your opportunity, right? So this one here, I thought it got started off really well. Obviously, they had... um MJF's music hit and you're thinking like oh is MJF going to uh, come out on the stage but he's not instead he's up in the uh up in his little skybox, having his champagne, having his arm around some new girl, uh, you know, bragging about how he got the hottest girl in Colorado, this and that. And this will be funny. Like if we keep seeing little bits of this um, every week, it is kind of funny because we all know that MJF like is legitimately engaged <laughs> and he's out here with these new girls, etc. cetera. Uh, so this could be funny and work for, you know, MJF and whatnot. I can only imagine it for the, the LA show if he comes out with like tons of models and like influencers or something like that i don't know i'm getting carried away the point is that uh he's out there and he kind of starts like you know trolling uh you know right in the beginning and there was a portion where i actually thought that maybe ethan page i mean that uh mjf was going to be providing some like additional commentary throughout the match but he only did so uh in the very beginning where he was just you know talking talking his shit and whatnot but either way this match was a lot of fun guys um there was a lot of things that i loved all the uppercuts from brian danielson the kicks on the corner that he gave to Ethan Page, the Hurricanrana off the top rope. All of that was really good. Ethan Page power slamming Brian Danielson. Page hitting Brian Danielson with the cutter. Uh, we see a DDT from Brian. I thought that they actually gave so much to Ethan Page here, and this was definitely uh, needed for him, I, I think. Like, they had to give him a little bit something here, and they really, really did. Um, Brian, there's a moment where they're on the top rope, and Brian is getting him with those elbows, and then Ethan Page and ends up hitting his avalanche pile driver off the top rope. So that looks pretty cool. The fans were chanting, this is awesome. And uh, in the end, we get Brian Danielson getting the win after uh, hitting in his, uh, his, uh, his stomps onto Ethan Page and getting the win after he locks in the LaBelle lock on Ethan Page. And Ethan Page essentially passes out. So he doesn't ever actually tap, uh, but he does essentially, you know, get he gets knocked out cold. Um, so this was good top to bottom man and again just keep things going like this for ethan page and i think we can get a whole lot more um all righty so let's go ahead and uh continue on from here everyone uh let's get into adam page so Hangman Adam Page, as you guys know, has been uh, feuding with John Moxley, and John Moxley and him have kind of been getting into these brawls the last couple of weeks. With the with the last one, I think, being on Rampage, and um. So he's getting checked by their doctor backstage and Renee comes in because, you know, she has questions for him and she wants to know what his situation is. And Adam Page is a little bit moody, man. He's not, he, he's a little grumpy. He's a little bit on, he, he woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Uh, so he's definitely not in the mood for any of these questions whatsoever. And he kind of gives Renee a little bit of attitude and then he apologizes for it. But basically the doctor's like, okay, you know what? You could be cleared in two weeks uh if you basically take care of yourself and stop basically fighting john moxley like give yourself time to get rest and get cleared and adam page looks up looks up at him and he goes like okay two weeks that's around like la time so i think it, it kind of feels like we're probably going to get john moxley adam page for that los angeles show on uh on january 11th so i think if we do i think that's where we're headed and if so Hell yeah, baby, because I'm going to be there. Uh, I can't wait. Um, that LA show, guys, is starting to feel like um big and they need to do that because no offense but la ain't no small little market guys like they need to put up a really damn good show uh for la and so like already we have you know the mystery of who soraya's partner is going to be we have the finals of the uh best of seven series between um the elite and the death triangle and then we also have possibly 
possibly, based off of this promo, I'm guessing we're going to get Adam Page, John Moxley for that show. I don't know yet for sure, but it kind of feels like that's where we're headed. Um, all right, so let's go ahead and continue on from here. But yeah, we got our rigs here who's like, LA's show is going to be uh, stacked. Major blood sets. Denise is just getting spoiled when AEW comes to LA, which true. Bro, we got the infamous MJF promo on that show. Man, I remember that being like, holy shit, this happened at the show that I was at. And it ended up being like today I posted a tweet um, kind of recapping my top four moments of the uh, or just sharing a picture of my top four moments in wrestling. And I was going back and I was sitting there staring at my computer going, what was my top four? You know, like really thinking about this. And so I kind of just went with what's popped up in my head right away. And one of those was that MJF uh, moment where he basically snapped and called out Tony Khan and went off on AEW and had all of those great lines and then walks out and during the commercial break, CM Punk goes after him. Oh, it was phenomenal. So I'm really feeling pretty damn solid about this show. But uh, let's continue on from here because afterwards we got John Moxley, Claudio Castagnoli versus Top Flight here. So um, this one here, I thought was, it was okay. I thought this one was pretty good. It wasn't bad whatsoever. I thought we got some fun little moments that really kept this uh, match going. But before I recap those, we do got a super chat here from Grapple Geekery, my good friend who wines and dines in style and vacations as well. Um, I don't know. I try to remember fun facts about the viewers. Uh, Grapple Geekery says the show would have been five out of five if not for the women's tag finish and Wardlow losing the show ruled except for those bummer endings. We'll talk about that because I want to make sure I deep dive into the Wardlow stuff. And I may have felt differently uh, in regards to the women's tag team match, but we'll get to that. Uh, Eddie Bolton sends in a super chat. Thank you so much to Eddie who says, hey, Denise, happy new year. Did you spot how angry Claudio seemed after the slap from Darius? Uh, he looked like he was shouting in his face during the pin. So let's get into this match here. Um, This one was kind of, this one kind of got like pretty interesting and it got a little bit, um, how do I say this? It wasn't necessarily perfect towards the end, but we had some fun moments. And so basically what we got here is, you know, Top Flight is coming off of uh, winning the Battle Royal, getting their 300K along with AR Fox. And if you recall, they essentially double teamed and eliminated Claudio Castagnoli, who they were the final three in this Battle Royal. It was really fun too. It made for a very eventful uh battle royal at least a couple of the last final minutes and whatnot so that was really fun um this match here they had some fun spots but i really thought it picked up i think after the commercial break was when it really started to kind of take off and you know just be a little bit extra we got claudio there was a moment where claudio just freaking goes like off the wall next level speed man and he just starts getting Darius with like both of them actually he gets both of them he's got one on one corner one on the other corner and he's literally like running back and forth hitting those freaking uppercuts but he's doing them so in such a manner that just really really um I don't know, man. It stood out. We see Darius do a uh, Spanish fly on Ca on Claudio. Uh, right after that, we see Claudio hit the neutralizer, goes for the pin. Darius kicks out. And here's the thing about this part here. I honestly thought that after the neutralizer, I kind of felt like it was a little too bit too much. I thought at that point, they should have just, that should have been the finish. That should have been the end for me. And the reason I say that is because we do get a lot of this where um, for the young guys, they do these uh, near falls and they really, how do I say this? They they give them, what's, what's, I'm trying to think of the right word here, but there are certain times where you can do this and it's exciting and you're like, holy shit, this person, uh, you know, kicked out of this, right? And you're like, oh my God. But this one didn't necessarily feel believable to me. And sometimes I think they do push it a little bit too far where you have, where you have certain people kick out to certain uh, moves and things that are just not like that should have been the end. That did not feel too believable for me. And the crowd reaction was interesting for this one because I think half the crowd was kind of thinking, oh shit, I could have thought that was the finish. And then the other crowd was kind of like, okay, this is not the finish. I guess, you know, this is, you know, good, right? But personally, I thought that should have been the end because after this, it did get a little bit, um, just, I don't know, the timing was off. It was a little bit just rough, but here's what we ended up getting here. So personally, I thought that should have been it. That should have been the finish. 
end it there. Um, but afterwards, uh, we end up getting from this point until the finish. It's a little bit clunky. It feels a little disconnected because you get Claudio's in the ring getting Darius with a ton of elbows, right? And it seems like he's, you know, changing his mind, changing his path on what he wants to do. So he's getting him with a bunch of elbows. Then on the outside, you have John Moxley and the camera actually missed the, the production team actually missed the shot, but we caught the tail end of it. And then afterwards they ended up replaying, um, replaying John Moxley, essentially getting the paradigm shift on Dante on the outside. So we kind of had, you know, so much kind of going on here where it didn't feel like, I don't know, it was weird. Finally, so after we get the replay of the paradigm shift from John Moxley, we go back into the ring and Claudio Castagnoli has a really like he kind of gets super pissed and just gives this like explosive solid uppercut to a Darius where it's like knocks his lights out, man. Like I'm pretty sure his lights were completely out after that on because he basically gets him with a really hard one. And that's how he ends up winning the match for his team. But I don't know. It was a little bit clunky. Like go back and watch from the moment we get the neutralizer to the end of this match. It just kind of felt like, I don't know. I didn't really love how we got from there to the, from the neutralizer, everything after that to the actual finish i loved like the last portion of it with that uppercut from claudio but between that it just felt a little bit weird i really think they should have just ended it at the neutralizer and it would have just felt a little bit more believable for me personally but let's see what we got here and this is from grapple geekery who says uh it took 18 minutes for that first super chat to end to send I don't know why. So I hope YouTube's not acting funny um, with them super chats. But thank you so much to Grapple Geekery for uh, sending this in here. Um, FYI, guys, if you do want to get your question, your comment, your statement, uh, whatever your situation is, whatever you want to get right here on the show, you're more than welcome to send in a super chat. They help me out. They help keep me uh going here and whatnot but let's go ahead and move on from this because afterwards we got something that was a little bit interesting too i would say and this was hook essentially uh defeating balaam balaam links but that wasn't the interesting part that was really just your every hook match that you've been seeing uh the overhead suplex the red rum for the quick submission and for the actual win so this was copy and paste pretty much every single hook match that we've seen but at least now we're seeing them on a bigger stage on dynamite instead of rampage and so we're getting hooked to kind of you know He's getting his sea legs underneath him on dynamite and getting to do a little bit more there. And obviously we've been seeing this friendship unfold between him and jungle boy. Um, and it continues here. So after hook gets this win in this match, Stokely Hathaway comes out and he ends up kind of, you know, shitting on uh hook. He ends up calling them, you know, Southwest. He says that he's the Southwest airlines version of AEW. So he's, Southwest Airlines, apparently, which to be honest, I don't think Southwest Airlines is that bad. I've flown them a bunch and I didn't have a bad time with them. I, I, I think you should have been like, you're the frontier. <laughs> you're the frontier of AEW. Now that would have been an insult or the spirit, the spirit of AEW. Oh, but people wouldn't have gotten that one unless he said spirit airlines. All right. Anyways, the point is, uh, Hook becomes outnumbered at one point. And uh, so he's got Big Bill out there. He's got everybody out there. They're outnumbering him. So Jungle Boy makes sure it comes out. He comes out, has Jungle Boy's back. But this basically leads to a moment where we get this, uh, this square off, this face off between Big Bill. God, by the way, I hate calling him Big Bill. I really, really hate it. I don't like the name whatsoever. I feel really dorky every time I call uh call him big bill like w morrissey like that took me for that took i remember when we when he started going by w morrissey it took me a second to call him w morrissey i remember for a second i kept calling him morrissey and then afterwards i was like god damn it w morrissey then i got used to w morrissey and now i gotta call him big bill big bill it's such a bad name anyways but big bill has this face off with hook Really, think about that sentence. Big Bill and Hook. All right. This sounds like a cartoon. Anyway, so they have this like face off here. And I'm thinking, okay, like Hook, look at him. He's got some courage, man. He's up there, you know, squaring up with the big dude, with Big Bill. And there's a moment where he even tries to pick up Big Bill. And I'm like, holy shit, he actually gets him a couple inches off the ground. Um, Bill, Big Bill nearly gets him with a choke slam, but uh he's ended up um uh, 
he gets hit by the two by four and from jungle boy and that's basically how they wrap this up so there you go i'm interested here like what's gonna go down between hook and big bill think about this let's see what we got <laughs> we got some funny comments in here oh man uh, we got a super chat from Grapple Geekery who says, too bad the tag team name Pretty Deadly is taken. Yep, that's definitely taken. Uh, thank you to Grapple Geekery for sending this in uh, as well. Oh, man. M. Caspito says, Denise, Southwest Airlines has had a bad publicity for the last few days. Too many cancellations. Have they really? I feel like that's every airline. Literally. Lately, it's been really bad. I forgot. What pay-per-view was it? Um, It was um full gear, actually. Man, everybody's flight was being canceled that trip. I remember that being really bad, but whatever. I guess Southwest Airlines, I guess it's having more. All right. Um. Anyways, let's continue on from here. So we got a backstage segment with Swerve and the Mogul Affiliates. So the Mogul Affiliates and Swerve were kind of a hot topic last week because, my God, it was not good. Okay, we talked about this. I ended up voting the mogul affiliates coming in to help swerve as my worst of the week for last week. I did not like it. It was so bad. It was cringe. All of that. Everything. Whatever. So this time, Swerve and the Mogul Affiliates are backstage being interviewed by Renee Paquette. And this was actually pretty funny because you got Swerve kind of being, you know, being rude to Renee. He's 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 calling her baby touching her head and I'm like ugh, why how dare you do that to Renee but anyways uh you have sort of basically you know talking about how you know he now has the mogul affiliates at his side and the mogul affiliates they don't say anything they don't say squat and he kind of introduces them really quickly and basically I really hope that this works guys I really hope this works because swerve has been on a really good you know momentum he's been he's been getting things done man like he hasn't necessarily like there's there's been a lot of guys that you see them come into AEW they have their big moment tada and then afterwards you kind of don't really see or hear anything from them that hasn't happened to swerve swerve's gone out there you know he's been a tag team champ with Keith Lee he's had big matches on big shows all out Grand Slam uh just to name a few and so um, and now, you know, obviously he has this story with Keith Lee and everything that's unfolded between them two. So clearly things have been looking good for Keith, for, uh, for Swerve. And so to have the addition of the Mogul affiliates, I'm hoping that they play a silent and minimal role because just based off of that one thing that we saw last week, and I say this all the time, but first impressions really do matter and they stick. Uh, based on what we got last week, I'm not that big of a fan of the Mogul affiliates. And so I hope they do keep their roles uh, very small and minimal. Um, I really hope that it gets interesting with them. Today, they didn't do anything like anything. They were just standing there. So I can't say that I hated it or anything like that because they didn't do anything so that's where we're at with Swerve and the Mogul affiliates um all right we got Robert Rodriguez who says Dragon Lee just signed to WWE via ESPN what someone send me the link to this send me the link What's happening? Thank you, Robert Rodriguez, for sending in this super chat. <laughs> all right, um pressing on from here and uh let's go ahead and uh, get into um the false count anywhere match all right now before i get into this one here just a heads up guys i am going to be back this friday here to talk about smackdown and rampage and that is going to be the final smackdown and rampage of the year so make sure you're here on friday and besides that i'm live three times a week here on f4w i'm live on tuesdays to talk about nxt and i'm live on wednesdays obviously to talk about dynamite and then friday smackdown and rampage so um let's get into it right now False count anywhere. The elite versus the death triangle match numero seis. All right. So this was freaking exciting stuff here, guys. Um, now I have literally not been sick of the death triangle and the elite at all. Okay. At all. I have been loving each and every single match. I've said this once and I'll say it again. I love how they've made each and every single match 
feel very different from the other. And considering that we were going into this match with the stipulation of false count anywhere, I we already knew this match was going to, you know, just be different, you know, with the added addition of the stipulation, right? So, bro, I don't know how else to tell you guys, but one of my favorite things, and it's something so, so small, it, but it, it's something that goes a long way. I love when we get any sort of like backstage uh, fights, backstage interactions, like anything that involves the guys backstage fighting where you can get really creative with things. Oh man, little stuff like that really goes a long way. So I was so excited when this match did not start off with entrances. It didn't start off in the ring. It started um, It started in the back in the hallway of the locker rooms and it just freaking went. By the time you were, uh, by the time the camera got there, they were already fighting one another. And I was like, yes. Yes, so we are going to get some good stuff and some good stuff we did. Uh, they did some really creative stuff backstage. We saw, you know, pretty much some good stuff, including Penta uh, hitting a couple of the guys with the trash bins. We see Pac do a moonsault off of this like structure that they had in the back. I'm not even sure what, what it was, but he jumped off. He did a moonsault off of that. So that looks pretty cool. We see Phoenix get put through a table. We see them um, later on eventually make their way back out into the stage area and then they just really keep it going here they have some really fun moments uh even in this portion of this um we see phoenix go to the top of the stage and i'm thinking oh maybe phoenix is gonna do you know some sort of splash right nah phoenix he's gotta be extra fancy man he does a torneo off the top of the stage seriously i mean he just falls down and you just see him spinning like going down it looked really freaking cool um afterwards so he lands right so phoenix hit his he hit his um his torneo he lands he's down on the ground and dude has like one second to breathe and all of a sudden out of nowhere kenny omega just comes in and bam hit some of the goddamn v trigger so this was really freaking cool then from here on out they keep it going man um there's a moment that i really liked because we ended up seeing um and i forgot if it was matt or nick but um we end up seeing one of the bucks basically do the uh northern light suplex spot down the ramp with pack so you literally see them just kind of going uh i think they did it like maybe two or three times and it uh, it looked really cool because it looked like a wheel like a wheel going down the ramp so it was executed very nicely afterwards they get into the ring uh kenny gets a trash bin put on his head he gets super kicked by the entire death triangle uh we see a nice series of Canadian Destroyer Snapdragon suplexes. We see Pac get put in a trash bin and get hit with the V-trigger with the trash bin. Um, we see Kenny hit the doctor bomb on uh, Pac onto the trash bin. He goes for the cover, but Pac kicks out. And then afterwards, we see uh, Phoenix. Uh, he ends up going to the outside and he... Um, he accidentally, or I don't know, this is not, this was not accidentally, but it was kind of funny. He ends up stomping Kenny like right on the nuts. So it looked really funny. We see Phoenix do like a really fast tope to the outside at one point. Mouncer driver from the Bucks. We see um, uh, Nick get Pack and Penta with some chairs to the face. Finally, BTE trigger on Penta. Kenny hits the one winged angel from the top of the platform from the crowd area, the one winged angel off the top and um, onto the platform at the bottom. So it looked really freaking cool. And that was basically the ending of this match. So they really uh, just did a lot. They played with all areas of the arena backstage ramp area stage area uh even some outside stuff with the crowd in the ring we just kind of got all you know points all points were definitely touched on uh this was a lot of fun guys and we are officially going to be seeing the escalera de la muerte match which is their ladder match that will be happening in los angeles baby and i will be there to watch it live and it's going to be a freaking good time i'm so excited um I'm really excited for that. Uh, alrighty. And I'm obviously expecting for that match for it to be uh, the elite winning that. But regardless, this has been a, a joy to watch these matches unfold. I'm, I'm honestly, I'm not even going to lie. I'm going to be a little bit disappointed when it ends. Because I'm going to be like, damn, it's over. We're not going to see the Bucks. And we're not going to see the elite and the Death Triangle wrestle for quite a bit, obviously. After these best of seven series, 
you, you obviously want to give it a little bit of a break, right? Um, but yeah, I'm gonna be a little bit bummed when it ends from there. Uh, we got everybody here saying that they love how unique the matches feel. It's really hard to do with seven matches, but you knew they would. With guys like this, you absolutely knew that they were going to be putting on a banger each and every single week. Um, and uh, let's see what else we got here. Um, everybody putting this over. Zeno Hour says, what a fun match, wild match. The ending was wonky, but still a good match. Yeah, with the double screen, it was just a little bit too much, but in the end, it worked out. Uh, Sheldon Jackson sends in a super chat saying, love the callback to the first stadium stampede when Kenny did the one-winged angel to Sammy from way up high. Dude, stadium stampede, God, that was a lot of fun. And today I was actually thinking about the, um, God, what the hell did they call it? The anarchy in the arena. Oh my God, that was another thing that really stood out to me um, this year because that was so cool. Remember when they had the music playing and everybody's like vibing? It was like a rock concert and a wrestling show uh, all in one, which was really funny. Um, anyways, thank you so much to Sheldon Jackson for this generous super chat. Once again, guys, if you want to help support this podcast, get your question, comment, statement, opinion, hot take, uh, hell, your resolutions read here on the show, you are more than welcome to send in a super chat at any point. Um, all right, now, Let's press on from here. Uh, let's get into the acclaimed music video. So they did a music video and they're out in the park. They're in the playground area. And we, they're obviously cutting a promo on, a promo, excuse me, a rap on, on uh, Jay Lethal, Jeff Jarrett, and all those guys, right? They had some really good lines on this. Some of which I had to make sure to mention on this show. So... There's one part where they call, where they say that to Jeff Jarrett, they say, you're the, wor the worst Jeffrey since Dahmer. I really love that, that line. We also had, this one was something. This one was something, guys. We had the acclaimed say to Jeff Jarrett, you're stealing money like you're stealing Kurt's wife. That was a really shocking one, I thought. I was not expecting that line whatsoever uh there's there's one where they're saying that uh, they got ring of honors top guys from their bad years uh making fun of jay lethal for being an imitation of the macho man there's making fun of him for losing a match to rick flair even though he was 74 uh they say that jeff jarrett the only thing that he's stroking is his little ass blank 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 uh y'all finished the worst the rest of that statement and that's pretty much what we got with this little rap here oh man i loved it this was good stuff i actually want to go back and rewatch it because there was some lines that i missed that i only caught like the tail end of and i was like okay i need to go back and re-listen to that but uh, either way there were some really good lines here so i was a fan of this uh we got everybody here um putting over the acclaimed and the music video oh yeah he also calls him a carny at one point calls jeff jared a carny um, there was a lot of good stuff. Great Malu says that video didn't hold back any punches. No, it didn't. Um, it did not, especially with the one about Kurt's wife. Um, yeah, it did not hold back whatsoever. All right. Uh, moving on from this, we got a couple more items to go over. We got the women's tag team match, which was Willow Nightingale and Ruby Soho teaming up to take on uh, Ty Mello and Anna Jay. This was... I really liked this tag team match. So I per actually like this more over what we saw uh, last time with between Ty and Ruby Soho. So I preferred this a lot more. I thought this was better. I really liked Willow and Ruby as a team. I thought they had some really good like uh, teamwork between them. That was fun. And they just had a good time. Like in the beginning, Willow was like twerking. It was fun. Uh, my favorite part though was actually the interactions between Ruby and Ty. I kind of thought that they really stepped it up during this match. There was a moment where Ruby kind of gets Ty with like a shit ton of forearms. She, she just freaking goes for it. So I really kind of liked that we were seeing the uh, animosity between Ruby Soho and Ty really kind of come through in this match here. Somehow I kind of felt, I felt it a little bit more than when they did their singles match. Like this to me felt even hotter for between them than it did previously. So I did like what they did here. Um, we did get, you know, obviously a, a not clean finish. We do see Ty hit the Ty KO on Ruby, gets the win here, and Ty and Anna celebrate. So I'm curious now. I feel like they're going to continue this for sure. And this has been something that has been 
going on for quite a bit now because Ruby Soho was out with the nose injury and now she's back. So they've restarted this whole thing. And in the beginning, I really wasn't too interested in continuing this feud and continuing to see this feud. But after this match, for some reason, I'm like, all right, you know what? I'm cool with it because I did enjoy the action that we were getting here. But I do want to see more of Willow and Ruby Soho teaming up together because I thought that that they kind of made a pretty good tag team and they're they're an odd pairing you know they're they're definitely you know not they don't have the same aesthetic whatsoever you know Ruby Soho is more of this like punk rock kind of girl and Willow Nightingale is this very like happy uh happy happy person so they're totally different um but I kind of like them working together so I'm here for this I'm really really here for this thank you our rig says Willow and Ruby have a strange sort of connection right right like I don't know what it is either because like I said, they don't seem like they have anything in common. Like I feel like based on the way that they dress and the way that they act on camera, I feel like they have a totally different music playlist. They probably don't, right? But it kind of seems like that from the outside. Um, so anyways, that was pretty, um, pretty good stuff between them. Alexis P also says the women got some time tonight. Yeah, well, they should. They definitely should. Um, and someone points out that they could also be the new wrestling odd couple. Yeah. All right. Um, let's go ahead and press on from here and let's get into Stark's promo. So Ricky Starks had a promo backstage. He was being interviewed and uh, they've announced one match so far for next week's AEW Dynamite. And that's the first Dynamite of 2023. And we are going to be getting Starks and Chris Jericho. Obviously, they started building this uh, immediately after Ricky Starks lost to MJF. They started building to uh, Ricky Starks and Chris Jericho. And this is great, man, because it is very clear that AEW has recognized what they have in Ricky Starks and who better to put them in there with to get, you know, to get the rub and get a little bit more of a high profile story other than Chris Jericho. This is perfect. This is perfect. So we're getting this match um, between him and Jericho next week on Dynamite. And, um, the promo that Ricky Starks cut backstage, it was simple, but it was effective as well. He basically just said, you know, uh, Jericho doesn't like that I can actually think for myself. And he basically said, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a fluke. I'm not a mistake. Like I'm here to prove people wrong sort of deal. Like I'm, I am like basically saying, you know, he is going to be the one to teach this masterclass in, in whipping butt, et cetera. And he's going to whip Chris Jericho's butt is what he says. And he's going to take him down several notches and this and that. Um, so I thought this was pretty good. I liked it, simple, but effective. But now let's get into the part of the show that I've been dying to talk about. All right. Samoa Joe versus Wardlow for the TNT championship. So there's a lot to kind of go over here because earlier on in the show, Samoa Joe attacked Wardlow during an interview and he basically um, busted out his inner Tanya Harding and got Wardlow hit Wardlow like popped him with a bat on the knee and it looked pretty damn brutal. Was it bat or was it a pipe or something? Whatever. But he pops him right in the knee. Did not look good. Poor Wardlow. All right. Whatever. So the entire show commentary is mentioning, you know, we haven't heard anything. We don't know if Wardlow's cleared. We have no idea if he's going to be in this match or if this match is even going to happen. We have no idea. And up until this main event started, we did not know for sure whether or not Wardlow was going to be coming out and doing this match. Now, here's where my train of thought was at this point in time. I'm thinking, okay, either Wardlow's going to come out and he is going to basically use this as this big obstacle that he had to overcome and he's going to win and there's going to be this big celebration. I had this feeling while I was watching the show and I was going to tweet it out, but I decided not to because I was like, fuck, what if I'm wrong? Um, but I had this feeling. I'm like, something is going to happen here tonight and it's going to be unexpected, but I don't know what. I had this like gut feeling that something was going to happen, but I really wasn't sure. So I was like, I'm not going to tweet anything because I don't want to like, you know, for people to think I know something, right? I don't know shit. All right, so I'm thinking, okay, maybe Wardlow is going to come out and he's going to, um, you know, overcome this obstacle and he's going to get the win, right? When he came out limping, that's what I thought. Prior to Wardlow coming out, Samoa Joe had mentioned, 
oh, that he would have that he had called some people up to see if you know he can get a match or something, whatever. So prior to Wardlow coming out, I thought, hmm, maybe they're going to surprise us here. Maybe somebody's gonna come out, somebody's gonna debut, somebody's gonna somebody unexpected is gonna return, come back and wrestle Samoa Joe. So I really wasn't sure what's gonna what was gonna happen. Once Wardlow came out, I'm like, Wardlow's winning. Wardlow's totally winning this, right? You you can't have like the guy come out all hurt. And then I'm thinking, okay, they're either going to have him win. Or if he does lose, it's going to be because of the attack from earlier. So I really was kind of split, torn. I could not. I did not know what they were going to do here. I didn't know what direction they were going to go in. So anyways, we finally get this um, actual match. And like I said, Wardlow was wimping, wimp, wimping. He was limping, excuse me. And uh, we get this match between Samoa Joe and Wardlow. So Wardlow goes in there. He hits Samoa Joe with a spine buster. Joe obviously goes after that knee. He gets him with a knee breaker. We see Wardlow later on in this match get us. We do execute a beautiful senton on Samoa Joe. And it's funny because we've seen Wardlow do this stuff before. This is not new. Seeing Wardlow go out there and be so agile and hit all of these, you know, Remarkable things that a guy his size should not be doing, right? Or that you think this a guy his size shouldn't be doing. So he goes out there. He hits that senton on Joe. He gets him with two German suplexes. He ends up running up into the ropes. He kind of limps a little bit with the knee, but he does a backflip onto Samoa Joe. Um, so we were really getting kind of this moment where it was like Wardlow was building up to possibly getting the win in this match. He even gets Samoa Joe with a brilliant uh, headbutt, and then he gets him with a clothesline. He goes for the pin, but Joe kicks out, so it's a near fall. And that, my friends, is a believable near fall, all right? Back to what I was talking about earlier. But anyways, um, Joe ends up locking in the rear naked choke on Wardlow. Wardlow passes out here, and Samoa Joe wins. And I was like, oh, shit. Given that we kind of peaked with Wardlow during this match where they really, really built up like he was coming back and he was going to get his win, and then he didn't, I was shocked. Now, do not confuse shocked, because I was shocked that Wardlow won here, but do not confuse that with me wanting Wardlow to win. I wanted Samoa Joe to win, but, but because of everything that was playing out, I really did think it was Wardlow. So I thought Wordla was going to win, but I wanted Samoa Joe to win. But at this point, I was shocked that Samoa Joe won, even though I was rooting for him because I didn't want him to lose the title. I still think that having Samoa Joe as double champion, um, there's a lot that you can kind of do there. We'll talk more about that later. So Samoa Joe... I'm thinking, oh my God, what does this mean for Wardlow, right? At this point, I'm thinking, what does this mean for Wardlow? Because Wardlow, things haven't necessarily been going too great for him. And we've talked about this before. I didn't think his TNT championship run was anything to really, you know, write home about. Um, I thought that they did a lot. I, I just didn't think they did much with him as champion, right? And then I mentioned on previous shows that I did think that they lost so much of the momentum that Wardlow had gotten off of his feud, off of his story, off of the uh, off of the uh, real true life situation with him and MJF and everything that was surrounding Double or Nothing. And I think that Wardlow lost a lot of momentum since then. And even when he got the belt, they didn't do much with him really as champion. Him, at, when he was teaming up with, with uh, Samoa Joe, I thought that stuff was pretty good but that was about it right okay so at this point I'm thinking what the hell is going on with Wardlow so Samoa Joe gets up and he kind of waits for Wardlow to you know come back to consciousness and once Wardlow gets up it seems or he makes you believe that Samoa Joe is going to go in for a handshake that he's going to be like you know what I was going to say good game, a uh, good match, bud. Good match. Um, you know, good match. So I'm thinking there, all right, maybe this is just going to be, you know what, sportsmanship. And that's how they're going to tie the end here on Wardlow. But no, Samoa Joe ends up hitting him with a bout and knocking out Wardlow again. And I'm like, okay, well, I love that because that's so in line with Samoa Joe. And I love killer Samoa Joe. I love mean, savage Samoa Joe. So even though I was shocked, loved it. Um, but then... It's not over yet. Samoa Joe goes under the ring and he pulls out a toolbox and he gets the scissors. The second he got the scissors, I'm like, oh man, he's cutting his hair. He's cutting freaking Wardlow's hair. And so he gets into the ring and he cuts off 
Wardlow's beautiful man bun, the very, very tiny man bun that he has, and cut it off. That's it. Wardlow's ponytail, it's not making it into 2023, guys. It's not making it. It's dead and gone. Bye-bye. Um, so he cuts off his ponytail, and I'm thinking, man, you, you obviously beat the man. You beat the man. And then you make it seem like you're going to shake his hand, and then you knock him out again. And while he's down and out, you take out his, you, you take off his ponytail. So Wardlow has to get revenge on Samoa Joe. You don't just get your hair cut off by some man and then not go get your revenge. There's got to be something there. Like this cannot be the end for Wardlow. And so I'm thinking, okay, if this is the end for Wardlow, what's happening here? Are they going to do a revamp of Wardlow? Is that why he cut the hair off? What's happening? So then it's not over yet. Afterwards, we end up getting this all, you know, who knows what more Samoa Joe could have done until Darby Allen comes in. So Darby Allen rolls up in there with the skateboard and everything and runs off Samoa Joe. And Samoa Joe's like freaking pissed. He's livid at this. And Darby Allen, Darby Allen basically says he's going for the TNT championship. Now, Darby Allen is a former TNT champion. I loved Darby Allen's run as TNT champion. They did a whole lot with him as champion. I was a fan of that. Um, but he's basically says he's going for the bout. So I'm thinking, okay, are we done here with Wardlow and Samoa Joe? Is this over? Is, is Wardlow going to get a new look? Is Wardlow going to get his revenge on Samoa Joe? Is Wardlow just going to let it go and, and do something else, get this new reinvention? What is going to happen to Wardlow? Is this going to turn into Samoa Joe, Wardlow, Darby Allen? Or is this just going to be Samoa Joe, Darby Allen? Um, I don't mind if, if, uh, Samoa, if Darby, and obviously Samoa Joe and Darby Allen had their previous match not too long ago where Samoa Joe literally killed the guy killed the guy um so that was something so obviously darby allen is back getting his revenge off of that so there's just a lot that's going on here right now that i'm pretty excited about and i honestly like i want to see more of samoa joe and darby allen because i freaking love the match that they had together it was literally samoa joe being the samoa joe that i want to see literally just killing dudes and Darby Allen is the guy that is willing to take all of these crazy bumps and do all these crazy things so he was more than happy to basically be killed in there by Samoa Joe it was all great stuff um they worked out perfectly um so I'm very excited to see con continue to see this program with Samoa Joe and Darby Allen unfold but it also gets me wondering what the hell is going to go on um, in terms of what I'm kind of predicting here, I do think that Darby Allen might get the championship back, and I'm totally cool with that because I really like Darby Allen as TNT champion, but I also wouldn't mind if they just kept Samoa Joe going extra strong, man, if they just had him defeat Darby Allen again and kept him going strong. I feel like they could go either, either direction, and whatever direction they go with, I'm there with it. I'm cool with it. Let's see what we got here. We got a couple of super chats, so let's get into them. Um, we got a super chat here from Reggie Simmons, who says, wishing an awesome 2023 to you and everyone in the chat. Going to the Seattle show for my birthday next week. Can't wait. Um, first of all, thank you so much. And yeah, I wish everybody here a happy new year as well. I'm very excited. The new years really mean a lot to me. And um, the Seattle show is going to be obviously a lot of fun. It's going to be the first, uh, the first show of the year. Uh, so you're going to get to see the brand new setup for a Dynamite, the brand new presentation so there's going to be a lot to kind of you know get it excited to get excited for right then and there uh so thank you so much to reggie simmons and have fun and happy early birthday uh that's going to be a really fun celebration we got william pickna excuse me who says i'm getting a feeling that wardlow will cost joe the title against darby so joe versus wardlow can have a grudge match at revolution but we'll see I mean, they have to get some, like some, you just can't leave Wardlow high and dry in terms of, you know, so much of the interest, I think, for Wardlow did really kind of fade out a little bit. But then he has, obviously, he did so good in this match and it was so exciting and everybody was behind Wardlow. So I could see something like this playing out where you do get some sort of grudge match between uh, Joe and Wardlow. I wouldn't hate that. And then it gets Darby the title. I don't hate that. I don't hate it. Uh, Steve Peckman sends in a super chat saying, did Darby making the save make him seem like a bigger star than Wardlow? I don't know. If it made him seem like a bigger, I mean, here's the thing, like, 
Darby, Darby's very popular. He's very popular. I don't know. You can argue like whether or not who you consider a bigger star. I kind of consider Darby to me a little bit more of a bigger deal than Wardlow just because Darby has really done a lot of cool stuff in AEW. He has a really cool look. He really appeals to, uh, how do I say this? He really appeals to a younger audience too. And that's not to take away anything from Wardlow, but Darby's just a cool, like he's a cool dude. And, you know, people are attracted to Darby because he goes out there and he does cool stuff, things that you're like, oh man, that's freaking crazy. How did he do that? So obviously he's going to appeal to people, but obviously Wardlow has a huge appeal himself. But I would consider Darby to be just maybe a tad bit above Wardlow. But then again, you know, it depends on how you view it. But I do think Darby is a little bit higher above Wardlow. But anyways, for the ending here, Wardlow was just casted aside, man. Like he was shoved to the side. He was kicked down and out. And then Darby came in there and had his moment with Samoa Joe. So in this closing of the show, Darby did seem like the bigger deal than Wardlow for sure. Um, I don't know about the bigger star because I just think so much more composes makes that up. But for this specific moment, yes, Darby coming out there and, you know, basically running off Samoa Joe and just like that closing image where you had both guys side by side and Samoa Joe was like really freaking livid. He was so mad that Darby went out there. Um, this was good. This was definitely good. Uh, I hope I kind of answered your question, Steve, but thank you so much for sending in this super chat. It's very much appreciated. Um, okay, then. So um, we got another one here from Caden Cease. It says 10 days till I'm 20. Uh, get it. Get it, Caden. Get it. Um, also, uh, earlier, actually, on yesterday's show, I did have a, a super chat that I didn't get to read because it was sent in after the show ended. So I want to make sure to pull it up so that uh, this person gets their money's worth. And this was from uh, M. Durrett. M. Durrett sent in a super chat on Tuesday's show, last night's show, saying, Denise, you were looking extra oozy on that pre-show. Your guy put a ring on that finger just in time. LOL, you did a fantastic job. Uh, thank you so much to M. Durrett for sending in the super chat. I'm so sorry I didn't get to read it on last night's show. Um, okay, everyone, that's it. There we go. That was AEW Dynamite, December 28th, New Year Smash, the final Dynamite of the year. I seriously want to thank each and every single person that has tuned in each and every single week to this show. Um, without you guys, I would not be here uh, every single week. You have made my life so much better. You made this literally the best year of my life period. And I hate to be all sappy and stuff, but damn, it was a good year. And I'm very proud of the work that I got to do here on F4W online with all of my shows on top of that, the latest and just a bunch of other random stuff that I've been doing. Um, so seriously, thank you guys so much. And if you're not back here on Friday, I'll thank you again on Friday. Uh, we got a super chat here from Caden who says, thanks for some good memories this year. I hop. <laughs> thank you so much, Caden, for setting in this super chat. Um, Thank you, everyone. That is it for today. And I will be back here on Friday. Goodbye, everyone.